Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. <laughs> it's uh, Kevin. I'm joined again by Eric. I'm here. My new uh, road dog. <laughs> Ride or die, brother. Ride or die. The the Caster Troy to my Sean Archer. Um, I feel like I've always been more of your Pollux <laughs> to your Caster Troy, but yeah. that's all right. But, uh, you know, we talk about cult action movies, but this one's like about as mainstream as you could possibly get, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but amazing. It, sh- it it deserves cult status because it's so fucking weird. Yeah. I feel like yeah. in another 20 years from now, it'll be like a cult action movie that people will like be like, yo, did you ever see that movie Face Off? <laughs> Shit was weird. It was so weird. <laughs> it, just, it was just flat out weird. <laughs> um, but uh, just in helping our listeners mm-hmm. get to know you a little better. Okay. What are some of your, your favorite action flicks like from the classic era or just favorite movies in general? Well, action flicks, uh, it's a long list. I mean, honestly, one of my all-time favorite from that era is RoboCop. Um, Paul Verhoeven, uh, you know, Peter Weller, uh, Kurtwood Smith as the villain. Yes. Um, Just, I mean, that that movie scared the shit out of me as a kid, and I loved it, right? Did you you buy, like, the making of the four-hour documentary they put out? No, no, I never saw that. I, I haven't watched it yet. I only saw, like, a clip. Well, I don't know if you have followed any of the backstory to the movie, but Peter Weller was like kind of a prick, I think. Mm. He's also like just takes himself very seriously. He was like a method guy, you oh, know? Was like a movie like wa- Robo wanted everyone on set to call him Robo. Oh, like my don't God. call me Peter, call me Robo. And and apparently like Paul Verhoeven laughed in his face and then like <laughs> well, no yeah, one, of course. When, Paul no, no one took him seriously. Right, right. But I saw this clip I will share with you afterwards. Okay. Uh where a like a gaffer no it must have been an armory guy because he said like we were up on the in the steel mill yeah and i was bringing him his gun yeah to to and i had a handful of oreos and i handed him the gun and i said you know here you go peter safety's off and he said robo wants an oreo (laughs) And, and i said no peter this is just you and me here He's like, if Peter wants an Oreo, Peter can have an Oreo, but Robo doesn't get an Oreo. <laughs> and oh he said, God. Peter Weller freaked out and went out on like the balcony, like the, the catwalk sort of thing, and was yelling to the crew down below, Robo wants an Oreo. <laughs> 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 and then, then it cuts to interview with Peter Weller where he's like, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> oh, that is amazing. Based on that clip, I'm like, I feel like I need to watch this I shit. want that to be real more than anything else. Okay, oh, so RoboCop. God. RoboCop is a classic. Amazing. So good. And, okay, this is, maybe this is an unpopular opinion. I mean, it's not my favorite, but I really dug Predator 2. 
I think Predator 2 is a highly underrated action movie. Okay. Uh, Danny Glover in a, like a, you know, in, in an action role. And we know from Lethal Weapon that he can do action. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love the sort of urban jungle take. I thought it was yeah. a great way to spin off of the first movie. Now, are you saying you think you like it better than the first no, one? No, 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 no. Okay. I just think it's okay. underrated. Like, okay. I, I okay. mean, I, the first one is still a classic. And the second one is not as good as the first one. I just think it, it deserves its due, quite it frankly. It has its moments. It does. And Gary Busey at maximum Busey. I mean, it's... I feel like we learn more about predator culture yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, in the last scene, the last fight, the the one-on-one between uh, on the Danny spaceship? Glover on the spaceship is great. I mean, I yeah. thought that was a great battle sequence. Yeah. They let him go with, like, respect Yeah, afterwards. exactly. I mean, yeah, there was, like, there were cool. some really good elements to it. And I think it just, like, I don't think it's ever gotten its due, right? Yeah. But I mean, like in terms of just favorite movies of all time. Yeah, I want to help our, our listeners know yeah. what kind of vibe you're on. Oof, man, it's all over the place. I mean, my my top three are probably Inglorious Bastards. Okay. Uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Rad. which is in completely different direction, uh, and. Maybe Mad Max Fury Road, actually. Oh, that's rad. Yeah. yeah. Okay, badass. So, I mean, like, ask me again in an hour, and that top three will change. That's but what right I tell now, people. It's like, it's so much of it depends on mood. Yeah. For me, like, I feel like on any given day, probably my favorite movie ever is Pulp Fiction. Yeah, that's a good choice. But, yeah. you know, some days I might say it was fucking uh, Back to the Future. Or yeah, like, yeah. Or, you know. Or, well, and, um, and that's the thing, too, is, like, the, the for me, like, what the my favorite movies are are the ones that I can still watch as a fan right. without dissecting them, right? Or there's movies like like Schindler's List or something that's amazing. The amazing film. But if right. you were going to be trapped on an island, it's not you the movie you want one with that me. you can just rewatch yeah, and exactly. enjoy it. Right, and those are the movies like Winter Soldier is in my top 5 too, oh, right? Oh, that's a good one. Because these are the movies where I'm like if I'm having a down day or I just want like a mental health reset day, like yeah. these are the movies that I can just watch over and See, over. Yeah, I can always throw on again. something like Top Gun, yeah, or, or Karate Kid, yeah. And I'm just like, ah, it's like comfort food, yeah. Like yeah, yeah, Jurassic yeah. Park, I'm like, oh, I Jurassic just, Park, I know yeah. these movies front to back, and yep. I can zone out, and yeah, yeah, all that. I mean, it's like a, it's like the movie equivalent of a warm blanket for okay. some of these movies, you know. <laughs> okay, so yeah, we're back to talk more about Face Off yes. here. Oh wait, before we get crazy about it, I do want to say because I forgot uh, in the first episode. Hello to all of our listeners on the Last of the Action Heroes podcast network. We haven't forgotten about you guys. I know we've been away for a little while. We're back now with a fresh uh, new co-host, new views. John is still around. He's healthy and happy. Uh, he who hopefully will appear on future podcasts. We'd also love to have Mike back and you'll hopefully be hearing some of your favorite familiar uh, <laughs> six favorite degrees people again soon. Favorite characters. But yeah. Uh, we're back to talk more about Face Off. This Face Off episode two. I will try to quickly bring us up to to speed on the plot where we're at right now, and I will uh, let Eric take over. But basically, we've got um, Caster Troy, who's like an international terrorist for hire, <laughs> and then Sean Archer, who is his uh, FBI agent who's been hunting him for years and years. Caster killed Archer's son years ago accidentally though sort of accidentally but you should know if you're shooting with a sniper rifle like your bullet goes right through the person yeah i mean it, it, like super, supersonic speeds probably yeah it's crazy yeah. um so he accidentally shot a bullet that went through archer but didn't kill him but did kill his son who he was holding as they rode on the the merry-go-round like griffith park i think and then uh so he's been hunting for years they got a hot tip 
found him, had a big old shootout at an airport. Uh, Caster got presumably killed, but they know now that there's a bomb somewhere in the city set to go off. In they 11 wanna, days. They, yeah, in 11 days, exactly. <laughs> well, we don't, well, they don't know that yet, though. So they want to talk to Pollux, Troy. That's Castor Troy's brother. But Pollux says he's not talking to anyone until he gets to see his brother, and they don't know what to do. So Agent Miller, that's CCH Pounder, tells Archer, you know, we might have, a, we might have an option here. Yeah. And that's and, where we're at. And so, yes, then we cut to... A very fancy-looking building in the Hollywood Hills called the Walsh Institute. I found that location, like in real yeah. life, as like a private home. Oh, it is just a house. It's a they private just, like... home, nine million dollars, like <laughs> up in Malibu <laughs> Mountains somewhere. Oh my god! And the pictures were amazing. They had all these pictures of the inside. Yeah, it's nothing like, of course, the <laughs> right, Walsh Institute. The exterior is not... it's just wall-to-wall windows. Oh my god! It's amazing views. Yeah, it was That's very be cool. Unbelievable, but. Inside the Walsh Institute, we find yeah. that Castor Troy is still alive, but in a coma. And CCH Pounder <laughs> proves this by putting an, a cigarette out on his arm. I'm like, damn. That was some wild shit. <laughs> that was cold. That's insane. Yeah. If a court of law found out that you did that, I feel yeah. like they let him go. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, it's, this is absolutely against your Eighth Amendment rights. Yes. You know? This is like pure, absolute, unconstitutional nonsense. But, I mean, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll give it to them because Castor Troy is just such a horrible guy. Yes. Like, it's like, okay, any judge is going to be fine. With this, you know, but she just did it so nonchalant. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, nonetheless, Archer, <laughs> he, despite the coma, is just still appalled that um, mm -hmm. that they're keeping him alive because he had literally just told his wife minutes before that Castor Troy's dead, dead, done, He's out and of our dusted life forever. And forever, and here he is. <laughs> but anyway, so. She starts, CCH Pounder starts hinting that perhaps there's a way that they could get close to Pollux in prison as Castor. Yeah. And he's, Archer's very confused, as I think anybody would be, but in a rockin' an amazing burgundy lab coat. <laughs> uh huh. Dr. Walsh appears and explains everything. And it's this like, it, it's like a montage of plastic surgery where he talks about like uh, we're at the, we're, we're at the, the cutting edge of plastic surgery and we can do things with people that we've never been able to before. It's never clear who he works for. Right. It's not. Like, like, is this an this independent is not, doctor? This, or? You don't, he's not the FBI. No, definitely like, not. They don't have a special experimental surgery division of the FBI. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I, I, I reckon that he's like, runs his own office in contracts with the FBI <laughs> right, right. on some projects or something. Well, yeah, and it's just like it's not clear if he's just doing this as a private citizen. So like can anybody avail like themselves? A mad yeah, he is kind show. of a mad scientist. Yeah. I mean, come on, burgundy lab coat. You're not a sane doctor. <laughs> um but yeah, so one of the ways they expl explain it is they show that they're rebuilding the ear of one of the agents who is wounded yeah. In the firefight earlier. And they're it's like, just like 3D printing that yeah, shit. And it's like, wow, okay. I mean, and they, they, they're doing that now, right? That's wild, yeah. But the thing that caught me with that, though, and we talked about this in the last episode a little bit, is when you watch the ear exploding at that moment, you're like, well, that was a weird thing to show. Right. But then there's context for it. And that's like, that's pretty cool, actually. So anyway, they uh, Walsh continues to explain that they can actually swap their faces 
Although uh-huh. they're careful not to say face off at this point. We don't not get the yet. face off no, yet. Not, yeah, they're very yet. careful to they like dance around that particular framing. Uh-huh. Um, but they can swap faces plus a bunch of like what was it like microdermabrage their hairlines or Oh yeah. They said, you know, we can match your hairlines, we could like do liposuction and match yeah. your weights <laughs> right. and all this. Which stuff. is like a weird dig at John Travolta. Um, this all somehow involves that the Walsh Institute already has shirtless pictures of both guys. Yeah, I know. It's like, how did you get this? <laughs> how did you get this topless picture of me? <laughs> but more than that, though, because they have the wireframes of them. So at yeah. some point, they digitally they scanned scan their both bodies. of these people. But anyway, they also have these. They, they have these clear plastic like templates. Yes, they try. That that's they, right. Is that something that's going to be under? their skin it, on their face while right. after they've swapped is it like sub musculature like i don't it's like where is that permanent like once you've got this in you it's there's like, no way you would look like a normal human if you put this on under your skin right. but it wasn't like, but on top of your skull so the way i took it is like the only parts that went on were the plastic parts like the the flesh colored part not the oh, whole oh i hope that's true yeah that's the way i took it like if yeah, it was the whole like cartilage part. like mm-hmm. to make your nose the same shape and yeah stuff. exactly because yeah like other Otherwise, you'd have to basically like remove the front of a person's skull, <laughs> right? And, and then lay the plastic it with thing this plastic down, thing, and then right. it could work. And that sounds very invasive. To yes, me. exactly. But no, I, the way I took it was only the flesh-colored parts in that plastic mold that were going to go on okay. his face. Yeah, this is definitely the one of those movies where you just have you have to just accept the premise. Right, and this is this is something in like they talk about. It's called double mumbo jumbo. Okay, you can get away with one ridiculous thing, but the more ridiculous things you start yeah. layering in, the less people believe it. And this is the big ridiculous thing because the rest of the movie, aside from all the explosions and stuff, yeah. is like it's relatively yeah. grounded. No, right? you just have to like even as a teenager when I was yeah. watching it brand new. Yeah, I think I could recognize that. You just you have to accept this concept. Yep. And then you can move forward enjoying the movie. Yes, exactly. But I was like, I was thinking about it the other day and I was like, it'd be like saying, I hate Back to the Future because I just don't believe that time travel is possible. Exactly, exactly. It's like, well, okay. Or like, I I hate Jurassic Park because I don't think they could clone a dinosaur. No, you can't clone dinosaurs. So therefore, so therefore this movie movie. stinks. Right, exactly. It's like, no, you just have to accept the unbelievable science fiction-y thing is possible and then move forward with your day. I hate Teen Wolf because I don't believe in werewolves. (laughs) Like, well, that's not a good reason, though, to not like a thing. Right, exactly. If you can't get past that basic promise of the premise, then there's just like, why did you come to see a movie called Face Off then? Right. You know what you're getting into. Right, exactly. Um, So it is ridiculous. We can acknowledge that. But they do do a lot of legwork to kind of try to ground it and make this procedure believable. Well, I think someone was saying, like, I feel like there's more that holds your face down than just, like, doing one incision around the outside of the face and then it just all lifts off. all just right off. Like, that's how easy it is to just take your face right off. And, like, people have had these face transplants. Like, people get mauled by a gorilla or a a chimp or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And you don't. You look like a person different. again yeah. two hours later. No, no. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. Well, they, but they even also like try to explain that away, but, like modern anti-inflammatories. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay, Doctor Walsh. <laughs> it was like um, the amount of legwork that they did was great. But yeah, they they definitely tried to explain it away, and I appreciate the effort. And I think as a savvy movie watcher, you just have to be like, okay, yep. I I will invest in. I will believe this is possible. It's right. just something that is new science that right. we don't understand yet. Right, exactly. But anyway, despite all of that, 
exp- expository brain dump to justify a premise that we really don't need to be justified, but whatever. <laughs> Archer's like, nope, not interested. Yeah. <laughs> not interested. That's a hard pass for me, too. Hard pa- yeah. If I'm like oh, yeah. in his shoes, I'm like, hell no. You know what? I'm just going to move from L.A. I don't really like this city that much Yeah, anyway. we got 11 days maybe or whatever. I guess they don't know how long. but we got yeah, At this point, they don't know. Yeah. yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, but yeah, but Miller says that like he's the oh, only no, one. no. Uh, Do they know? Caster oh, because told they... him in the hangar on the... No, no, he didn't tell Archer, though. No. He didn't tell Archer the 18th. That's right. He, he Archer, learns, Archer learns the 18th from the bald guy who he interrogates because he doesn't agree. Oh, yeah, okay, it comes up after. It comes up right. after, oh, right. This, the script, we take it all back, fucking airtight. Again, again, we talked about this in the last episode. <laughs> the like, is airtight. It's so... They don't really realize that the, the fuse is lit already. Okay. Take it all back. Yeah, exactly. So apologies to the writers, <laughs> which we know again are definitely listening to this. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but Miller, I think rightly they do a good job of establishing that the, the only person who could possibly know and impersonate Caster well enough is Sean Archer. True, he's been obsessed with him for you know a decade exactly. or six years at least. So if they're going to do this procedure, he's the only one that they can do it with. Yeah, right. And so. Uh, Archer like still declines and says, "I can get it from the, his gang, so we're gonna shake down everyone." Yeah, right. Like, cue back to FBI headquarters, and the first thing he does is like interrogates one guy so badly <laughs> that he shits his pants. Do you recognize that dude? <laughs> no, I didn't recognize him. That was uh, his actor's name is Kirk Baltz. Okay, you might recognize him as Marvin Nash from Reservoir Dogs, the dude who got his ear cut off. Oh my God, that was the same guy. Ironic because we just saw someone getting their ear put back yeah, on. Yeah, put back on. Right. I Amazing. Mean, it's, it's all full circle. But yeah, at I'm this like point. that's it's Marvin Nash. <laughs> <laughs> poor Marvin. Poor, he got a raw deal in that poor movie. Poor Marvin, man. <laughs> but oh anyway, yeah. God. Kirk Baltz, shout out. Yeah. All right. I love it. No, that went completely over my head. But um, but yeah. So then next up after the guy who shits his pants is Gina Gershon <laughs> making her first appearance in the film as Sasha, and he is like Archer's a real dick here, like using her own son against her, saying I will take your son yeah. away if you're lying to me. She was so hot at this time. Oh, she was like peak Gina Gershon. Yeah, at this absolutely. Point. Yeah, because this was post Showgirls at this point. Post Showgirls. Right? Yeah, she was probably at. I mean, this was probably at the peak of her notoriety yeah. her fame yeah yeah um yeah. yeah like this is expected whatever one of the biggest movies of the year you know yeah. she's a, a main character yeah 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 so right on yeah she's yeah. still out there working she says that she hasn't seen caster for years and i guess it seems like it's true because right right you know, we'll be, find out more we'll later out, but yeah, yeah exactly okay. but then uh, archer interrogates dietrich nick cassavetes who, john's son john's son yes exactly and he isn't going for it. Uh, apparently, he decided on his own to shave his head for the role, and he like didn't tell <laughs> really? anyone. No one asked him to do that. Oh he just showed up, and he was had his head shaved. That's like a. I wouldn't advise that to any actors out there. No, no, They're no. Like, oh not shit, at we got to recast. Yeah, I know. Um, it's a- but apparently, John Woo thought it was cool okay well that works for they rolled with it (laughs) and right before that scene ends he turns around and goes hey sean how's your dead son you're like what (laughs) and then he's like (laughs) (laughs) laughing in the guy's face holy shit puts a gun into his eye pulls like throws him onto the ground like just right into his eyeball (laughs) and i gotta feel like the cassavetes like that because it was it was a Uh, close-up it it looked like it hurt up in there it looked like it actually did hurt (laughs) that i 
I, you may not know this about me, but I love a juicy bad guy. Yeah. Louis, that's such a good bad guy line. Yeah, How's yeah, your yeah. dead son? <laughs> <laughs> it's Holy a, shit. It's a good line. Yeah, it's and killer. It, it he has a lot of killer lines he in this does, movie. Yeah, and he's not even in it that much, but like every scene he's in, it's yeah. worth seeing him. But um, anywho, so you you tend to be, become more pliant when you have a gun <laughs> Pointed at you, like crammed in your he eye. Did. He went from like hard as nails to a total snitch. <laughs> right, exactly. And reveals only though that the bomb is supposed to go off on the 18th. Yeah. He doesn't know anything else. Okay. Apparently, he's Sasha's brother. Right. right? Which is, you know, it's like it's a weird re- relational connection that w- it gets weirder later in the movie. Actually. Uh huh. Anyway, there is like this really weird cut where we see Sasha and Diedrich walk out together. Like arm in arm. Arm in arm. Yeah. But that's it. There's no dialogue. It's only on screen for like yeah. a second or two. You talked about this already. Like he said to Sasha, like, I'll fucking get your kid taken away yeah. from you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like heartless. It is. Yeah. It's okay. like, I mean, so it's not. And this is the thing about Archer is like. He's he's again he's a dark protagonist, right? Yeah, I mean, this like is a, a man consumed, you know. Yes, for sure, for sure. But anyway, so then Archer tells uh, Tito uh, and Miller that yes, Pollux will definitely know where the bomb is. Right. And so it's like, okay, all right, all right. Archer asks um, how this will work if the face swap works, and Miller says it's completely off the books. Like this is this is a, a not above board. There's no official paperwork for this. Only the inner circle can know about it. <laughs> Not even his wife, the poor long-suffering woman. Which is a necessity for the story. Yes. But of course, that's total bullshit. Not absolutely. You can tell your wife. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, like the worst, they put her in a safe house what are they while gonna, the operation is going on. What are you going to say? Oh, you told your wife, then we can't do it anymore. Right, exactly. Like, no, she gets to know this. That's yeah. like, but I understand for the sake of where the story is heading. Yeah, they didn't have she's a She's not allowed to know. Right, exactly. Yeah. And and so anyway, Archer reluctantly agrees. Like the the he, he, the refusal to the call has finally been passed and now he's about <laughs> to head into the world of the antithesis. Anyway, so we get we he heads home, we get yet another one of those face stroke moments. And then he's like Oh, I'm sorry I woke you. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> right, she's asleep in bed. That's like the most likely thing that's going to happen if you come and touch their face <laughs> right, while they're know, sleeping. Right. Oh, that's sorry. right. You're right. He, she was asleep when she's he did like, the face oh, movie. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to wake you. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, right. what the fuck? Eve wakes up ready to go. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, she's ready to plow. She is ready to do this, right? And she is all over him, but he is, I mean, I guess, honestly, obviously not interested right he now. He shut her shit down. You're using your dead son to cock block your wife, right? It's weird. <laughs> I mean, it's just like. She starts stroking his body, yeah, and then he's exactly. like, he draws the attention to the scar on his chest. He's like, I wish this was just right over here. A little bit farther, and then I'd be dead, and Mikey would still be alive. Yeah, that sucks. The best way to kill a mood, that's for damn sure. (laughs) And and then she has the line, the scar won't move, but it will heal if you let it. And then she, like, hit him with the face wipe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And so it's like, at least they're consistent about it. This is a thing that you just do in the Archer Archer household. Get used to it. So once again, Eve, unfortunately, in a sad bit of immediate foreshadowing, says she's glad that Castor Troy is out of their life. Uh And this whole ordeal is finally over. But then immediately, Archer says there's one last thing he has to do. (laughs) 
<laughs> he is not a fan. No. And then he wipes her face. That's right. <laughs> it's like, it's this like, is a back and forth. Going, uh, yeah, Again, like if there was COVID in this house, they've both got it now. They def- they do it a lot more than I remember yeah. from like watching this years and years yeah, ago. Exactly. Like, it, it's it's happening really every five or ten minutes yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Um, but so anyway, so that does not. Yeah. She's like, fine, whatever. Do whatever you want. Right. 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 Uh, to be clear, though. Yeah. He a hundred percent could tell her what's going on. No, no, they, he could say, absolutely. Look, hey, honey, here's what's gonna happen. Like, I'm gonna be gone. They're swapping, they're swapping our faces off, and I'm gonna infiltrate prison to try to get some information because a million people are gonna die yeah. if we don't find out where this bomb is. Yeah. Boom. I think she would go along with that. Yeah. But like, he's like, I gotta go away, and I can't tell you anything. <laughs> this, no wife's gonna go for that. No, no. It's like, no. Something is clearly going on. Yeah. You have to give me something, <laughs> right? It's just like it, it. It was so, and he was so cagey about it too. It was odd. It made him Nicholas look suspicious. Cagey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so after he like everything falls apart with his wife. And she just goes, do whatever you want. He goes and is, visits his daughter, who is sleeping in her bedroom. Uh-huh. And she's got that, what is it, like a star on her face? Like, like on her upper lip? Like yeah, oh, yeah, a, that's right. a star drawn with makeup? And I I'm think, like, that's not a goth move. No, I don't know it's what not. that is. Again, like, like a rave kid or like you're on <laughs> right, taking like, like Molly or something. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> But like yeah, again, it was sort of like the 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 makeup artist was told what a goth was and yeah. did their best attempt to mimic a goth without having any context for <laughs> what a goth was. They didn't have Google back then. You couldn't like Google goth. Right. You couldn't just like type in yeah, exactly goth get a chicks. bunch of images. You had to turn off safe search though to get it right. <laughs> um so so we're done. The family drama is done for now, but there's plenty of family drama coming later. Back to the Walsh Institute, though, and now we're in the pre-op room, and Archer's starting to get cold feet. He's like, I, oh, no, no, not to Archer. Tito's starting to get cold feet. Right. Yeah, that's right. No so, one's mentioning, yeah. Well, he's like, oh, dude, this is buddy. This is a bad idea. Yeah, I don't like this. I, I don't like this. I don't like, like this. No one's mentioning the fact that it's also wrong because you're doing non-consensual surgery <laughs> on Castor. We're going to cut his face off while he's asleep. There's so many rights violations being done to this admittedly bad person, but he's still a human being, right? Yeah. I mean, you're ruining your like prosecution potentially. Right, right. Suffice it to say, Archer has resigned himself that this is the only way forward. And so then we get to this point. We've just immediately established the scar in the previous scene. Yeah. And now he's like, okay, I, I want you to keep this scar for me. I want to have it back. It, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's what, what, how, how did he say it again? He, he something was like, like it's a reminder or something important or something along those lines. Yeah, exactly. It, it's a reminder for me, right? So, um, and then he takes off his wedding ring and it gives it to Tito to hold on to. Which I was like, dude, why would you not? That's what you, when you tell your wife and you give her the ring <laughs> right? to hold on to when you're going away. Like, it's just crazy to it's me. It's so but, weird. Yeah, she couldn't know, though. She couldn't know. So now it's time for the face-off procedure. And I love the overhead shot of them wheeling both unconscious patients into the operating room face-to-face, right? Uh I mean, like, they're on their backs, but, like, head-to-head, and now it's go time. Which I think were, like, these super lifelike dummies. I don't think they were the real actors. No, they weren't. And I made a note of this. It's like they, they, they were really good but just often <laughs> not good enough right? that though. you notice it. So it's kind of right? like a wax figure at the wax yeah. museum. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So it's good, but not perfect. So then there's this, like, I mean, I thought it was super fun. 
watching the procedure yeah. and the CG laser going around the face and then the suction that pulls the face off and puts it in the water and then it floats down. Which was and wildly then, like realistic looking. Yeah, yeah. And then I guess they hired a barber to come in and like trim the hair. They do that while after the face is off. <laughs> right, exactly. Not worried about any like trimmings getting yeah, onto the open exposed. That was a strange choice. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then they, yeah, then they they swap it, and then the next scene is. I feel like wait hold, before we get onto that. Did I? I feel like we no no no. I don't think you jumped over anything. I just want to say that I think all the dudes are wondering the same thing about like the dongs. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, no. Every how single do we, person. <laughs> we're fixing the hair, and we're doing the liposuction or whatever, and apparently they're like, well, it d- doesn't happen yet, I suppose. But when, when Caster assumes Archer's identity, they pump fat into him. I guess. I guess yeah, that's a that's an excellent question. It's easier to get rid of it than it is to add, add it, back it in. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I like. I don't know. I imagine if they just had like massively different dongs, you know. I mean, like, what if one dude was like circumcised and the other dude is not circumcised? You would notice something. They're like, like that. they're they're 3D printing a foreskin. <laughs> <laughs> they do kind of like dance around that, but given what happens later in the movie, yeah, and how much they try work to they explain do. it a little in the script, like how it could be conceivably true, I guess. Oh, interesting. But the like, you know what? I mean, with explaining, well, they haven't had sex in a long time. Well, that, oh, that's and it's like, right. So, oh, yeah. Maybe she's forgotten. Yeah. So it, maybe if it was like within, you know, a half an inch either way, maybe she doesn't notice or something like yeah. that. But the writer said they were just like, they were meetings with studio execs, like all entirely about the issue of penis size. Really? <laughs> like, that how, blows how are my you going mind. to address it? And they said, okay, well, what if we... They, I think they wrote a dialogue that, like, what if we have it commented on that they just say, like, the doctor, you know, when he's explaining it, says, like, you know, you're both average size or something. <laughs> yeah, and then they said when the actors came on, like, they, they rewrote it to say, like, they're both substantial, <laughs> like, <laughs> penis size, substantial. Uh, I'm just like, this is so weird. Oh, I love that so much. The studio much. exec's got nothing better to do. Than, I like, would I would just, that would, uh, what a missed opportunity in my opinion. But, but like, as fine. all this shit, they're doing the whole switcheroo or whatever, like, Tito is all of us. I feel like in the other room, yes. like, he's like beside himself. Yes. Like, fucking, like, what are we, I can't believe can't this shit's believe happening. I can't believe that this is going on. Okay. So anyway, now we can move on. Right, so you, right. No, 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 that's fine. It's it's relevant though. Like the dong thing is relevant. That and comes into every, play. Every every dude who's watched this movie has wondered, and probably the women too. Are like, yes, wait a second. I've never spoken to a person who's like, but what about dong size? Right. Yeah, like, like everybody immediately goes to that. Right. I, mean, I wonder about like the hair on these. Like Travolta has some hairy hands. Yeah. Like, hairy knuckles. I'm like, there's just a lot you have to. It's that thing you just have to accept the premise. Yeah. That. It'd be the same as if they said, we can just swap your consciousness into his body and right. vice versa. Right. Like, you, we just have to accept that he is an exact replica. Yeah. But he's the other guy's, like, consciousness inside. Yeah. And it is, we move along. It is still funny, though, to, like, bring up the dong question. Yeah. And, and nonetheless, it is still worth a worthwhile <laughs> conversation to have. No, absolutely. <laughs> so, it's relevant. Yes. So Tito and Miller are looking on through the window as this procedure happens. And then we fade to black. And then we wake up, and the first thing we see is Castor's Troy, his face wound in no, Archer, gauze. I guess. I guess it At would be. At this point, he's Archer. Well, no, but, face. It, but before oh, we no, pull no, you're out, right. though. You mean actual faceless yes, caster. faceless caster. Okay, his yeah, face yeah, is yeah, wrapped yeah, up. Yeah, 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 my bad. And the camera pulls back. No, no, the camera pulls back. 
And now we see Archer looking like Caster Troy. Yes. And they remove the bandages. Like a perfect match. It's a perfect match. Like there's nothing. Like that, there's not even a scar from where the laser incision occurred, right? There's other like the ears are the same shape now and the teeth are like have changed. Like yeah. there's a lot that I feel like they have a dentist in there like redoing your teeth. Like people's <laughs> eyes are different distances yeah. apart, you know? It's <laughs> no, not I like know. in it's real just, life. It's, it's just, just bizarre. I mean, we, that's the thing. You accept it. We you, accept you just, it. We're going to roll with this. He's an exact match. Exact match. And okay. he looks himself in the mirror and I, I love this. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Screaming that at himself. And there's this amazing breakdown that happens yes. for a while and he shatters the mirror and Tito says like you are Sean Archer you are Sean Archer right I mean, it would be the freakiest thing ever yeah like to look in the mirror and you see your your worst enemy yeah 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 I know I totally agree and they, they play this up a couple of times and I appreciate that they actually like pay respect to that right right and anyway so he's like blaming everybody else around him for having this happen to him I mean it's just a huge dramatic moment. They 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 sedate him as well. Yeah, pump him full of some something. Yeah, exactly. We don't know exactly what it is, but um, it's at this point that we realize that he's still talking like John Travolta. It's really good lip syncing. It is really good lip syncing. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, he says, "I want you to take this face and burn it." <laughs> yeah, after, like, yeah, that's right. That's right. That seems extreme. It is unless but, they're planning. Unless they were always planning to kill caster when the op but was done that's a really good question though like but you could kill him right now you could then once you've gotten the face off exactly so then this is something that i thought about like okay they're putting out cigarettes on his arm they're breaking every single human rights you yeah, know yeah. there's just so many human rights violations going on here why keep him alive like they established Nothing that he's good a vegetable can come from him being alive exactly right? like were you going to put his face back before you kill him and incinerate before you his have body? him stand trial or right something? exactly it but mean, he's in a coma he's not going to more than that they faked his death right i mean even archer yeah. thought that he was dead yeah right so yeah. this guy is not getting a trial so i would think so why not just like throw away the remains <laughs> but anyway they keep him alive so now we move on to okay we've got to fix the the voice problem and so Dr. Walsh comes in with more handy medical exposition, <laughs> saying that he's placed a microchip in his throat, and they proceed to do the, the voice matching thing. And the uh, line yeah. that they use is, I could eat a peach for hours. Yes. I can't believe that that is the line that they decided to go with. And they make a very big deal about how delicate the microchip yes, is. A, a, a strong sneeze could dislodge this. Which is... The total opposite of what happens in the rest of the movie. <laughs> I mean, like, almost immediately, actually. I feel like it would have made more sense if he had said, this chip is pretty damn tough, but, you know, if you get hit the wrong way on your throat, it could, it could. malfunction right, or whatever. Right. Like, but instead, he's like, no, no, it, the, slightest, <laughs> the slightest touch. It's just like, it's such an odd detail, too, because if you had just not mentioned it, yeah. we would never have thought about it, right? Yeah. Like, by this point, as we talked about, you're bought in on the premise yeah. that you can do this cosmetic <laughs> surgery swap. Why go the mile of saying this is a very delicate thing to Especially, well, Just mainly because it then proceeds not to be delicate at all for the entirety of the movie. Right, right. Until exactly. Like the very end. Until the very end, right. Yeah. Anyway, so all, everything has been matched. Like, we've got the perfect copy. Archer, if for all intents and purposes, is now Caster Troy. Uh-huh. And we've got six days to find the bomb. And then it cuts to the bomb, 
with way more than six days <laughs> left on the clock. And it's like, what the fuck? It was so lazy. But that's but I, I do want to call out that that's not even the first time that there's inconsistencies with the bomb. <laughs> because in the very first time we see it and Caster sets the timer on it, yeah. when it goes to the wide shot of the bomb and whatever thing that it's in, uh. all of the LED numbers are just flashing randomly. <laughs> <laughs> there is no consistency with the countdown on this thing. That's such a weird mistake to make when you could make the timer say whatever you want to right. or you can make the dialogue say whatever if you already shot the timer this is totally within your control it's just it's clearly a, just like a random script supervisor oversight that, i'm trying to think of an excuse for him yeah maybe maybe if you said we're gonna have to evacuate the city yeah. if there's at the three-day mark yeah or something but even then they don't do that no. later in the movies, so <laughs> right. that, I, that's not what happens. Well, so. thing, yeah, and again, I, I don't want to get like, ahead of myself, but like, yeah, when they do ultimately find the bomb, there's so many weird procedural things that th- would have happened differently. Oh, yeah. Right? But anyway, so now it's time. We're going in, and Tito is ex- uh, escorting Archer to the helipad, and he tells him, you've got two days to figure this out. And then uh-huh. after that, we're pulling you out of the prison. Right? Okay. So um, <laughs> there's a great moment. And I actually legitimately thought it was a really good moment where uh, Archer, like, scratches his yes. face on the wall. And it's like, there's this that's like a, kind of a nice moment. Between a little Archer. detail. Yeah, a tiny little detail. That lets you think. And I, I feel like, I wonder if that was written or if that was, like, a cage thing. Like, it would have been. What if my face was itchy, like, because of the surgery? Yeah. And so he gets up to the helipad, and we see some of Archer's underlings going, oh, man, Archer's going to be so pissed when he finds out that they took Castor Troy out. And he's yeah. like, oh, on his training op, right? Like, Yeah, stupid. What? He's like, he's like, shout out to Georgia. He's like, he's knee deep in Georgia swamps. Yeah, well, that was like a weird. <laughs> it was weirdly specific. It was so specific. Anyway, they put a hood on him for some reason. Sometimes when you're in the elite anti-terrorist task force, they send you to the, <laughs> the Oki Fanoki Swamp or something. Swamp. Wait around in the mud a little bit. That's going to help that you. It builds character. Yeah. Waiting around in the Oki Fanoki Swamp <laughs> builds character. So before they put him in the helicopter, though, they put a hood on his head, yep. Russian mafia style. Cut <laughs> to, cut to, the hood is being pulled off of his head, and he's naked in a holding area. They got all the other clothes off without taking the hood off. <laughs> taking the hood off. <laughs> Which is brilliant, right? Yes. So here is what I love. A bunch of hard-ass prison guards come out, and it's a black site. Right. And they go the extra mile. It's like Guantanamo Bay type oh, shit. big time. And it is just like nothing but metal grates and steel walls everywhere. And the head guard is the husband of Francis McDormand's character in Fargo. Yeah, Norm or whatever Norm. his name was. And he also played the brother in the Drew Carey show. Oh, shit. Yeah. He and he, played, was, he was the suspected Zodiac killer in Zodiac. That's right. And so this is a guy who's like not known for his action movie chops. It's John Carroll Lynch, yes. his actor. John Carroll Lynch, that's right. And so, yes, yeah, so they, they put him in a jumpsuit, and then all of a sudden there are these heavy metal boots and yeah. it turns out every everyone the whole floor is magnetized everywhere in the prison. I love the concept of that. But it's it's cool the the props too. The boot props are really cool. Yeah. And there's a lot like a lot of moving parts and the writer said originally in their like future set script yeah, a lot yeah. more of the movie was him in prison and a lot less was him out. 
like that just oh, a huge interesting. at least half the movie was like in the jail or whatever. That makes sense because like there was so much effort put into Yeah, I feel the like they location. really went into designing the hell out of oh, this prison. Oh my god, yeah. I mean like down to the um, to the wall of monitors showing like nature photography, uh-huh. which is almost demolition man level stuff, right? It uh, it reminded me of the the nineteen eighty four the Apple you yeah, know commercial yeah, or whatever, yeah, like yeah, even yeah. down to like a bunch of mundane people sort of marching around and doing whatever the introduction <laughs> of the Macintosh <laughs> right, or whatever. Exactly. But the prison is called Erewhon, which is like an anagram for nowhere. Oh, they said, geez. yeah, okay. And there was that weirdly out of place, like muscle porn shot of, of cage when he was naked, like just a shot of his like torso. Oh, that's in his right. Abs. That's and like, right. Okay. He's not that guy necessarily, but I guess you're like, he's still shredded up from Con Air or whatever. And he's yeah. like, you know, do a quick, can you do a sh- shots of the I wonder muscles? if that was like in his contract. Like while I got this body, you got to put he's it on shirtless. Screen. We got to give yeah. the people what they want. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, and conveniently, they walk him into prison in the middle of like chow time, I guess. Yeah, right. Is he's like, they walk him into the cafeteria. And it was so, a wild set. Like there was oh my like God. these catwalks all over yeah, with guards everywhere. on it and like a control center that's like elevated up above the, f- the floor. And yeah, I mean, it's it, the amount of money that was put into that location was crazy to me. And yeah. they, it's not even in the movie for more than like 15, right. 20 minutes. I mean, after they're moved on from the prison, you just forget all about the prison. It was like it never happened. I know. Anyway, so they're in the cafeteria. Pollock sees him. He's like surprised, but also happy that his brother is there. Uh-huh. And Thomas motherfucking Jane shows up, <laughs> yeah. sporting long curls and like horn rim glasses. And they seem to all be very like chummy. Yeah, like yeah. the international criminals community is a very tight, <laughs> tight knit like group. Like we, oh hey, I haven't seen you in a while. After the Bankers Association, that would have been what was at the <laughs> yeah, LA Convention Center. The convention Center, yeah. Oh, I do want to, this is maybe like, so now we've got Castor and Pollux coming together. Tell you a little bit about the names. Okay. So Castor and Pollux were like famous twins from Greek mythology. They were half brothers actually, because they're, they had two different dads. Like Castor's dad was supposed to be the king of Sparta and Pollux's dad was Zeus, who raped the mother in the form of a swan. Just fucking weird shit. And Helen of Troy was their sister. Fucking Troy. Like, they were Castor Troy and Pollux of Troy. Oh, wow. They're also the names of the two stars that are the constellation Gemini. Oh. Are Castor and Pollux. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So, there is a backstory to the names. But I don't know how the writers chose to get that pretentious with it. <laughs> you like, know? Like, really, like. For a movie like Because you have to think off. these fucking kids' parents must have been batshit crazy. To oh, yeah. Castor Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, it's like. And it's not a happy story either, right? Yeah. I mean, anyway, uh, Thomas Jane's character gets his attention. Archer recognizes him. Archer as, you know, as Caster Troy. Archer recognizes him. Yeah, like, yeah. That he's, like, he's busted this guy in the past. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? And, and like, then they reveal, and I don't even know how they would know this, because Pollux clearly didn't know that his brother is dead, but everybody in the prison thought that Caster was dead. Which... If everyone in the prison knows that Castor was dead, then somebody would have said something to Pollux. Exactly, right? And so it, it's like it, that was like a weird incongruity. Like there was no need to but have But how would they that. even be getting information from the outside either? I mean, like well, you can get anything. The guards, in the, I guess? Yeah, I, maybe, maybe there's some sort of inside guy. But like what you said is like if 
there's some rumor that Castor is dead. Oh, we heard. Did you hear about your brother? Yeah, right, been like, exactly. oh, sorry about your yeah. brother or something. Yeah. So anyway, um, the when he's talking to to uh, to Thomas Jane's character, everybody else in the prison is looking on, waiting to see yeah. what Castor Troy is going to do to Thomas Jane's characters, and. Eventually, he threatens him, and Thomas Jane's character backs off. And I don't remember his name. Do you remember the the name? No, I it was just, a really. It was like a, they said it like one time. He's Thomas Jane. Yeah, exactly. And so Thomas Jane backs off, and then Archer turns to Pollux to make sure, <laughs> you know, like, okay, do you believe me? Do I have you convinced? Yeah, I like that moment where the smile sort of crept over his face. I didn't think it was like, okay, he's buying this. Yeah, he's starting to get it. Yeah, exactly. But it doesn't last long before Dubov attacks. That dude was Chris Bauer. Okay. Who was, um, has had an awesome career, but he was in 8mm. Oh, he, was, he was machine. Really? Like the weird rapist-y oh, guy wow. or whatever. He was a... a Major part on the wire as well, but he's okay. been in like he still works, but yeah. he's had a very long and successful you, career. I mean, this is the thing like, there's so many character actors in Face Off, like, you recognize everybody, and yeah. you can't name it's half loaded of them. with yeah. like good faces. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly. So, anyway, so they fight for a while, and initially, Dubov gets the better of Archer slash Castor Troy, right? And it's actually like, if I remember, Pollux is sort of like, wait a second, this isn't the Castor this, I know, exactly. Sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, but eventually, Archer sees that he's uh, like getting the the heebie-jeebies about this and steps it up a notch and just yeah. beats the crap out of Dubai. There's like this, like as he sort of gives this weird, like maniacal grin, oh the guitars God. shred, amazing, like, amazing. And the guards, the sadistic guards, like, no, no, I want to see what happens. See what happens. And yeah. eventually, once Archer gets the upper hand, then they order the lockdown. He's like wailing on a new dude. He like kicks them all in his like dick and balls. <laughs> yeah, like, like over with the metal and over again and with the, this thing. He, fucking... he kicked him from behind, like got him in the in the grundle. <laughs> right and in the like, grundle. Oh. It's always the worst. He's like, I'm Castor Troy. I'm <laughs> Castor Troy. Troy. Uh, that's a very on the nose thing oh to say. Oh my God, it's so good. It's so good. I think Pollock seemed a little suspicious. Like he this did. whole thing is yeah. just a little weird to me. Yeah, yeah. Oh wait, but Cage was doing so much like with his face in the scene, like like a personality crisis sort of thing. Like he was halfway like crying, then trying to yeah. seem like manic, and yeah, I was, was just pretty... going to bring it out. Like yeah, this like this is back and forth, this zigzagging emotional moment when he has like he feels like he's lost himself in the Castro Troy role, and yeah. he's like battling his own better instincts. Yeah, so shout I out to Cage that. for like going for it. Yeah, there. totally. Again, like just this is a guy who. Never, he never half-assed any moment. No. And so he can kill Dubov at this point and right. chooses not to, though. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because at this point, lockdown happens, boots are activated, he gets cattle prodded. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the guard was like, I'm the one who determines when fights are over in this yeah, prison. Yeah, it's that good sadistic yeah. guard the shit. evil guard shit. And so <laughs> this is like such a it, it's actually like it works as a good line where he's like, when I get out of here, I'm going to have you fired. <laughs> yes, I love that. <laughs> because like the way I read it, it was like, yeah, because Sean Archer. Absolutely. He absolutely means it. Means it. <laughs> but then Castor Troy, it's a euphemism for I'm going to murder you. Oh, right? and it's just like the the bravado of like, uh, you know, the ego of Castor Troy. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And so, it, like, it really works really well. Yeah, no, it's clever. Yeah, it's a good line. I mean, again, like, this movie, it straddles, like, 
really clever in a lot of ways, and uh -huh. then just the epitome of 90s action in another way. But so back at the Walsh Institute, here's where things take a dark turn because Castor Troy wakes up and he unwraps the bandages on his face and in a very awkwardly framed shot, brings his hands <laughs> up to clearly what is like a dummy puppet thing uh -huh. and comes away with blood on his face. Man, imagine like waking up without a face. Oh my God. Holy shit. That has got traumatizing shit all over it, but <laughs> he gets out of bed. And this was the thing that I was like, I don't, okay, this is even a bit much for me yeah. to swallow. He walks over to the post-op room that he's laying in, looks out a window with just slatted blinds on it, and there, just in the darkness, <laughs> in the vat of liquid, is sitting Archer's face. It's like in that big tub of Purell. Yeah, <laughs> it's just sitting there on display. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You and would so think, you would think, no matter coma or no coma, they would have Castor like shackled oh, yeah. or in a locked room. Yeah, exactly. Like, like they're not, he's in a coma. We can just leave him unattended with freedom to roam. <laughs> right, exactly. He's not going anywhere. People never come out of comas. I mean, I think they would have him in like a medically induced coma. A medically induced coma. Right, right you're exactly. not waking up. I think that I think that for me, this is the subtext here is the hubris of the FBI. That's what yeah. this is. It's a commentary on the hubris of the Well, it's like Frankenstein's monster sort of thing. Like, oh, yeah. the, the monster's is revolting on me or whatever, you know, like, yes, that's every like technology run amok. Yeah, story. exactly. Like, oh, we, we were so busy, but thinking about if we could, we didn't stop <laughs> to think if we, we should. should. Yes, exactly. Love the, uh, and anytime I can work that quote from Jurassic Park. <laughs> any, anyway, so, um, he calls on the phone. He's talking to one of his goons. It's right, not clear yeah. which goon it is, but it doesn't really matter. And it kind of explains the situation. And then we cut to his goons show up in the car. He's doing a great voice. Yeah. It sounded like a guy without lips. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the way he does it, it's He's really like, oh, good. We're going to deal with it. Yeah. He's like, don't worry. We're going to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, we're going to deal with it. And so Walsh shows up uh, way too, in my opinion, compliant. Right, he gets out of he's the car. He's in his jammies. He's in his jammies still. <laughs> he has a long, like the smoking jacket. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, he's home with like a fucking, like probably a, a long, like a cigarette and a cigarette holder. <laughs> I think he was like smoking an oversized pipe. Oh actually. yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what in like a large leather chair. That's what, how I yeah. envisioned him. But uh, they bring him into the operating room, and Castor Troy is watching the the recording of the surgery hopped up on pain medication. Right, and it's not, it, and it's not even like a custom shot version of the, uh, of the surgery. It is literally just the movie that we watched previously, <laughs> the montage of the surgery before, just put on a VHS tape, and uh -huh. I was watching this on a CRT. He's incredibly impressed with, uh, um, Bravo! <laughs> yes, <laughs> Walsh demands yeah. to know what he wants. What do you want? And he says, "Take one goddamn guess." <laughs> What I love is there's like the, at that point, uh -huh. it zooms in on Walsh's glasses and it's the only right. good look at the faceless Castor Troy. That it's pretty see. gruesome though. Yeah, it is. It's pretty, it's a good makeup effect. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it was, I was watching as a brief aside, I was watching the fall of the house of Usher. Oh yeah. Today. And we get to the second episode where, and I don't want to spoil anything, but it is gruesome. It is yes. so gruesome. And I was so completely unfazed by it that <laughs> <laughs> it's funny to think because in 97, 
it was gross. Like that moment was kind of b- pushing the limits of the R rating. Right? Absolutely. And now you watch it and it's so passe. It yes. is, it's just crazy to me. Anyway, we go back to the prison and Pollux and Thomas Jane are complaining about the nature loops on on the big giant uh, yeah. monitors, <laughs> which are hilarious. And at this point, Archer comes back and he tells James uh, Thomas Jane's characters to get 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 the hell out of there. And Pollux acknowledges that things seem a little bit off. And I thought that this was really clever, right? Mm-hmm. Like he says, "I dude, I am so fried." Right. The reason why I'm not at full strength is because I was in a coma. Yeah. And I've just woken up and I'm like, even some of my memories are gone. And like, I'm just struggling to come back to, to my to myself. Right. Yeah. And Pollux goes, oh, did they give you the shock treatment? Foreshadowing again. This movie is loves the foreshadowing, setting stuff up. He calls him bro. Yeah, bro again, which, which is, is a like, subtle. Yeah. And he sort of like gives an eye roll like, oh, he's just like harassing me or he knows I hate when he calls me yeah, bro so exactly. it works yeah so it works right and so then Archer asks him if he's off his meds and this is the test moment Pollock's like aha right I'll get him if this is not Archer but here's the thing though no one knows about this face swapping technology oh yeah there's no right? way you leap to the conclusion this isn't this really this is clearly him. an imposter right so the, yeah. the level of suspicion that Pollux has about <laughs> this whole situation is off the rails he's super paranoid super yeah. paranoid anyway Archer of course remembers it by saying something along the lines like brother I bro I fed you those pills it myself it was Vivex Vivex which That's is like right. a totally fictitious <laughs> medication yeah exactly but and Archer like, oh, the answer I feel like I took a bad a tab of bad Quantrex. And it's like another just made up, I guess, recreational drug yeah, type of thing. Yeah, yeah. And and then I love this bit. He's like, I mean, he justifies it so well. Like, I don't even know why that Dubov guy attacked me. Yeah. And then this line is amazing. You had a sex sandwich with his wife and his sister the night he was sent here. <laughs> And then I guess that explains why he was so upset. That's quality. <laughs> oh, a wow. sex sandwich, I think. I, I guess that's technically not incest. Because <laughs> they're not. I mean, it was a sandwich, so they were on either side. But they side. were in-laws. They weren't like oh, that's blood true. Relations. That is true. <laughs> but right. anyway, it's like wild. The, I mean, but again, precursoring the modern era of step-sibling <laughs> porn, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Pollux, though, is talking about they're not going to get the $10 million that this weird militia has paid them to set the bomb. And so now we have context for why they set the bomb in yeah. the first spot. In Which the first place. seems like a small amount of money to kill like a million people. Right. I know. It's like, I feel like you could get more than $10 million <laughs> of this. But Archer makes a comment about like what that the, the, the bomb was a, a work of art. And Pollux is like, yeah, I guess it should be in a museum, but oh, well, I guess the L.A. Convention Center will have to do. Yeah, At which checkmate. point, checkmate, Archer smiles, thanks Pollux, and then calls him fucking pathetic before Fuck walking. You're so fucking pathetic. Before walking off. And Pollux's like, I'm confused. <laughs> what has just happened here? Yeah, exactly. So, moment, well, not moments later. We don't know how much longer later. It's got to be within a... Within it's a be few hours or a within day Within a few something. hours, right? Because at this point, Archer thinks like... And it, I this is my know, pickup. Yeah, I'm getting I taken out of here. Right, exactly. Which is so supposed to be two days later. Two so, days later. Yeah, so maybe it's, it must it. be like two days later at most. So he's pacing in his cell. 
And um, Drew Carey's brother opens the door <laughs> <laughs> and says he has a visitor, which is like, okay, cool. It's Tito uh-huh. and Miller. They're coming to get me out. But it's actually John Travolta, Castor Troy, reading a newspaper. Uh, it's like checkmate again. Check Double checkmate. <laughs> and so everything has been completely turned upside down. I feel like you and I, we were watching this movie a while back with people who seemed like maybe they had never seen the movie. Yeah, so a couple of people before. hadn't seen it, yeah. And I remember, I guess they were unfamiliar with the premise of the movie. Okay. Because I feel like they seemed like they were in total shock when he walked in in this moment they're like holy shit like I didn't I wasn't sure where the plot was gonna go but this is like shit just got real now now it's like taking it up a notch and this is like yeah this is the moment where if you're not hooked at this point in the movie like you have no business being here right exactly it's like oh this is gonna be a juicy plot like what's gonna happen now yeah yeah, exactly Um, yeah so but you're gonna have to wait until next week that's right (laughs) this is a perfect stopping point yeah yeah uh, so please, thanks for listening. Uh, come back next week. We're gonna, there's so much more to dig <laughs> oh into. My God. I feel we're, like it's only just now going to get really juicy. We're not even at the midway point of the movie. No, no, no. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, check us out again on all your favorite, whatever podcast platforms. And until then we'll be back. <laughs> <laughs>